Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome back to America First. I'm your host, JWR. We have a few things to talk about today, but before we get into that, we have our weekly segment of Today in History. Today in History, in 1919, the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution authorizing the prohibition of alcohol is ratified by a majority of U.S. states. And then we see how that turned out. Didn't really work according to plan, so. But, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the great bootleggers and, uh, what do you call those? Easy, stop easies and stuff. I mean, they're a staple in history. And we wouldn't have that stuff, so, you know. Some things, you know, leave a lot. I'm not saying leave a good impression because a lot of bloodshed was happening, you know, a lot of uh, bloodshed and gang stuff, but, you know, it's, today we make movies about it, so we wouldn't have ideas for those movies without it, but anyway, on to the news. First, Senator Ron Johnson officially announced his bid for re-election in this year's midterms, and in, in an op, uh, op-ed for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Johnson wrote he was planning to retire after serving six years in the Senate, but disastrous policies by the Democrats have made him change his mind. The senator argued the Democ- uh, Democrats' complete taker- takeover sorry, of the U.S. government puts America at risk. Over the past year, Johnson has criticized COVID-19 mandates and exposed the risks of mass vaccination while also defending election integrity and criticizing Chinese threats to the U.S. All these spending programs are a double whammy on the inflation number, explained the Wisconsin Republican regarding the Biden administration's policies. First of all, it's deficit spending, so it's way too many dollars chasing way too few goods. And then when you're paying people not to work, fewer people are going to be available to hi- or for hire. Johnson has not has notably already received an endorsement from 45th President Donald Trump. The senator predicts a tough re-election campaign while asserting Democrats will use everything they can to attack him. Next. According to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the Biden administration is preventing the shipments of COVID-19 treatments to his state. In an interview Sunday, the Republican had, or the Republican said Joe Biden's officials are using coronavirus narratives for political purposes to attack his policies in the Sunshine State. DeSantis stressed that in September, the federal government seized control over the shipments of monoclonal antibodies and other COVID cheers. He added Biden then cut supplies to Florida and Texas. Under the Biden administration, not only are they not promoting therapeutics, they're they're trying to stay or they're trying to sty me the distribution of things like monoclonal antibodies in states like Florida and Texas, explained the governor. This came after Florida's Surgeon General said the Biden administration is hindering his state's efforts to cure its COVID patients. I just think it's counter to their messaging and their narrative. When I rolled out our monoclonal antibody sites over the summer, they attacked because they said, oh, you're against vaccines if you are for therapeutics, when actually we had a lot of vaccinated people that were going. DeSantis stated, it wasn't all unvaccinated, but regardless, you want to have treatment options. Uh, the Florida governor also said Biden's COVID response is very partisan and it does not serve the best interests of the American people. 
Next. The New York Attorney General's Office released video of a deadly police encounter now under investigation. The footage released Friday without audio shows 29-year-old Jason Jones agitated in the lobby of a Catskill Police Department of the Catskill Police Department. According to Jones, uh, Jones's attorney Kevin Ubrand, his client had been drinking at a nearby bar and was asked to leave by police when things got rowdy. He said Jones didn't like the way officers handled the situation at the bar, so he went down to the police station to talk about it. An aggressive interaction with police ensued. At one point, Jones tears off his shirt. Later, the man covered his head and body in hand sanitizer. Footage shows the moment when one officer deployed his taser in an attempt to subdue Jones, and he instantly burst into flames. That particular move is now under investigation. The taser is 50,000 volts of electricity, explained attorney Lou Brand. It's well known police are trained not to use it in that circumstance. Jason predictably ignited as a result of that. Police Chief Dave uh, Darling said the officers were familiar with Jones from previous encounters and were concerned that he was going to hurt himself. However, the family's, attorneys, uh, the family's attorney notes that officers quickly ex exited the lobby, leaving Jones behind trying to extinguish himself. The police, rather than help him run out of the room to let Jason burn, said attorney Lou Brand. Just 14 seconds later, one officer returned to help Jones as his head caught on fire. Nearly 20 minutes went by before Jones is taken away on a gurney and transported to Syracuse Hospital. He spent 45 days in the ICU before dying from his injuries last month. New York Attorney General Letitia James said the, uh, the Office of Special Investigation is looking into the case and the video is released to be transparent. Um, keep you updated on that. Sounds like a, sounds like a uh, situation. But we will keep you updated, let you know what they find in their investigation. But, um, yeah, it sounds like it was kind of fault of both. Not sure why he did that or why the officer decided to do that. I don't know. It's too early to tell what happened, so we'll just keep you up to date. Anyway, next. Parents in Chicago are breathing a sigh of relief as their children are returning to school after an entire week of not having classes. Chicago's Teachers Union narrowly voted to reinstate in-person learning by making a deal with the city's government. I'm pleased to report that the Chicago Teachers Union House of Delegates voted to end their work stoppage, announced Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Their agreement will focus on having COVID safety measures to protect the health of both teachers and students. These measures include providing masks to schools for distribution as well as testing asymptomatic students and staff on a weekly basis. Both parties also agreed to let schools decide if a class needs to be remote, which is dependent on teacher and student attendance. This agreement is the only modicum of safety that is available for anyone who that steps foot in a Chicago public school, especially in the place in the places in the city where testing is low and where vaccination rates are low, said Stacy Davis Gates, member of the Chicago Teachers Union. In-person classes are expected to return this week, with the new guidelines in place with parents being relieved after seeing their children struggle during the virtual learning. According to union officials, the new agreement is only the beginning of their efforts to ensure the safety of both students and staff amidst the spread of the Omicron variant. 
Next, NASA has successfully deployed their highly anticipated James Webb Telescope. Scientists and engineers breathed out a sigh of relief as the 21-foot telescope completed unfolding its mirrors. Yes, there was a huge sigh of relief, stated Bill Oakes, Webb, uh, Webb Project Manager. I think you could see it if you watched the video of us being in there today when that final mirror got latched and the folks in the back room were doing the wave. We're all giving each other high fives. That's all a sign of relief. Scientists designed the telescope with a full-size mirror to collect light from distant parts of the universe, vastly increasing the distance it can observe objects from. The mirror was too large to fit in a rocket, so scientists designed it with the ability to fold, allowing, uh, allowing it to be launched. Oh, the horizon is the limit, said Bill Nelson, administrator for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. We're going to have uh, all kinds of new knowledge about who we are, what we are, where we come from. Are there others out there? Is, there, is it any wonder why it's such a privilege to be involved in NASA? Despite its successful deployment, the telescope will still have to calibrate its instruments before it can begin gathering information later this year. Scientists don't plan to release any images until they can begin normal science operations. We want to make sure that the first images that the world sees, that humanity sees from this telescope, do justice to its $10 billion telescope and are not those, you know, hey look a star, explained Jane Rigby, web project scientist. So we are planning a series of WOW images to be released at the end of commissioning when we start normal science operations that are designed to showcase what this telescope can do. In the meantime, the telescope will take about two more weeks before it reaches its final destination in deep space. It will then take until this upcoming summer for NASA scientists to receive the first few images from the telescope. That's exciting. Not all bad out there. Some good things are happening. <laughs> Next, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said the agency will release the distinction between those who died from COVID and those who died with COVID. During an interview on Sunday, she was pressed on how many of the more than 800,000 deaths linked to COVID died from the virus or other uh, comorbidities. The CDC head deflected by talking about how much the vaccines reduce severe illness and death. When pressed, however, she did say that many in hospitals with COVID came in with other issues. In some hospitals that we've talked to, up to 40% of the patients coming in with COVID are coming in not because they're sick with COVID, but because they're coming in with something else and have had the COVID Omicron variant detected. CDC chief's comments came amid dwindling public trust and confidence in the agency as the organization is seen as issuing guidance based on politics instead of science. Well, that's some good news. That way, at least it's not all COVID, you know, so that's good. Anyway, next, survivors of a deadly Bronx fire filed a $1 billion lawsuit on Tuesday. A couple sued both the city of New York and the building's owners for damages after their high-rise apartment complex went up in flames. Plaintiffs have accused the landlord and management of being aware of defective conditions while failing to properly maintain the building. The lawsuit alleges the building did not have functioning smoke detectors, sprinkler system, yet management ensured that ensured electric lines were in good condition. 
New York Attorney General Letitia James vowed to investigate at the vigil held Tuesday night for the victims and their families. There will be conversations with respect to investigations at a later point, she stated, but tonight is the night that we heal, we heal the brokenhearted, those whose spirits have been crushed as a result of this fire, this horrific fire. Nearly 30 people remain hospitalized for their injuries and officials are continuing to work to identify those lost in the blaze. Our hearts here at uh, America First goes out to those families who lost people. And hopefully they identify all the bodies so everybody can have closure. Uh, it's a sad day. But we'll uh, keep you up to date. We'll try to keep you up to date on that. See if, the, if they really are at fault. And, uh, yeah. Just, uh, like I always say, stay safe out there, folks. Next... A renowned virologist commented on the Project Veritas or disclosures of the origins of COVID-19. MMR vaccine inventor Dr. Robert Malone said the first exposed Fauci report by Project Veritas appears to be valid. During an interview on Tuesday, Dr. Malone said DARPA, uh, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, documents suggest COVID-19 is a man-made virus, but Anthony Fauci's NIH, National Institute of Health, has apparently attempted to cover up its involvement. <clears throat> this comes as the search for the truth behind the seemingly never-ending pandemic is heating up. Meanwhile, U.S. Marine Corps Major and former DARPA fellow uh, Joseph Murphy had some words to the American public and provided a written statement to Project Veritas. Statement read, To those seeking answers, I offer encouragement. There are good people striving for the truth, working together in and out of government, and they success. Uh, to those that withhold, I pray for you find uh, the moral courage to come forward. Don't lie and be our legacy to prosper, uh, prosperity. People will forgive. A commitment to truth is in the heart of this nation. Earlier this week, Project Veritas released a series of uh, military documents claiming they are the latest round of evidence showing Fauci was involved with the gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Next, Arizona Oversight Group, We the People Alliance, released video footage showing electoral violations by poll workers. The group says the footage shows Arizona election officials pulling mail-in ballot envelopes from the trash and putting them into drawers. Poll workers are also seen taking pictures of ballots, walking with cell phones into unauthorized areas, and using flash drives where they were not supposed to be used. We the People Alliance explained that these documented violations add to the mounting legal challenges to election outcomes in Arizona. <clears throat> this comes amid ongoing probe by Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich into suspected election fraud in his state. State Senator Sonny Arseni Borelli uh, commented on the matter. They are investigating and I spoke to the investigators, he stated. Several other people spoke to the investigators. This is not over by a long shot on that investigation part. We need to let them do their job. They have to make sure that they do it right. And if they find something, the evidence has got to be concrete for them to take a court or take to court. So that's that aspect. We the People Alliance also said election workers are seen destroying voting equipment in these videos after leaving it unattended for days. So, seems like things are kind of 
picking back up with that front, so we'll keep you up to date. Next, President Joe Biden flip-flopped on his filibuster stance in his speech promoting Democrat election laws in Atlanta, Georgia. On Tuesday, he called on Democrats in the upper chamber to change the long-standing practice so that they can jam through their uh, partisan election bills. Biden had previously stated, ending the filibuster is a very dangerous thing to do. He also said it raises problems that are more damaging than the problems that exist. This comes as Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has vowed to kill the practice if Republicans don't give in to their demands. Biden added his, added his calls aimed to circumvent GOP opposition. Senator Marco Rubio uh, commented on Biden's push to pass major voting reform that aims to federalize U.S. elections. He went on to say the For the People Act would make it federal law to allow ballot harvesting same-day voter registration, among other detrimental practices. Rubio warned the measure would reduce confidence in election results and open the gates for Democrat-backed lawyers to insist themselves into the process. The Biden administration has named election reform as its top priority, with Biden saying the supposed threat to democracy is so grave that Democrats should be allowed to make the decision alone. As an institutionalist, I believe the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass the voting rights bill, he stated. Debate them, vote, let the majority prevail. However, the legislation will face an uphill battle in the upper chamber as even Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Kristen Sinema, uh, both Democrats, have pledged not to support the move. Some critics are, point, critics are pointing to Democrat activist Stacey Abrams' absence from Biden's speech in Atlanta as a persecutor to the voting bills failing in Congress. However, Biden is blaming scheduling conflicts as the reason behind Abrams not appearing at the event. This comes amid a trend of Democrat candidates distancing themselves from the increasingly unpopular Biden-Harris administration. Some political scientists say Abrams may have distanced herself to avoid backlash from progressives. Abrams is running for governor of Georgia this year, but analysts say a presidential bid in 2024 is looking increasingly likely. The 45th president weighed in, saying Abrams helped Biden steal the 2020 election in Georgia, but now she's distancing herself from his administration. Donald Trump stressed Abrams knows Biden lost big in Georgia and the 2020 election as a whole. He pointed out even the woke, radical left now understands that Biden is a complete embarrassment. Hello, my fellow Americans. It's me, JWR, just chiming in to tell you about our new merch line. If you go to redbubble.com and look up America First Podcast, you'll find multiple items with our logo on it. Any and all purchases will go to bettering the podcast and to some charities. But uh, yeah, just check it out. We got shirts, bags, stickers, pins, cups. But uh, anyway, again, this has been JWR from America First. And thanks for tuning in. And thank you for your support. Next, Joe Biden's envoy to NATO is calling on Russia to move forward with de-escalation of its forces on the Ukrainian border. On Tuesday, U.S. Ambassador Julian uh, Smith 
said that she expects Russia to pull back their forces uh, positions at the border and come into compliance with the Minsk agreements. The 2014 agreement was aimed at ending fighting in eastern Ukraine between Russian-backed separatists and the Ukrainian government. Smith warned that if Russia does not comply and pursues further confrontation, then there will be serious consequences. The forces that Russia has arrayed around Ukraine are a type are of a type and of a size that indicate a capability for significant military conflicts started by Russia, explained Ivo Dadler, former U.S. ambassador to NATO. A 100,000 troops that can quickly be supplemented by another 75,000 troops, I think we are very close to a military confrontation one way or the other. Experts believe a military confrontation may still arise. This comes as Russia and NATO convened or convened, sorry, convened this week to discuss resolutions to the ongoing conflict. We will keep you updated on that. Hopefully we don't end up going to war with Russia, but who knows? You know, seems like something new every day, so we will definitely keep you up to date on that. Next, a mass protest against Joe Biden's vaccine mandate is set to take place in Washington, D.C. this month. The rally called Defeat the Mandates is organized by Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance along with Children's Health Defense and the International Alliance of Physicians and Medical Scientists. The protest has been endorsed by Dr. Robert Malone, a virologist and inventor of mRNA vaccine, as well as Professor Peter McCullough. Uh, McCullough? Right, yeah, yeah, I said that right, McCullough. Uh, a, national, a nationally recognized and board-certified cardiologist, cardiologist who have both challenged official narratives of COVID-19. Washington, D.C., between, between the Washington Monument and Lincoln Memorial, so this is the Defeat the Mandate and American Homecoming Rally, that are stated Dr. Malone. Rally organizers unveiled a list of speakers at the protest, which includes Dr. Malone and more than a dozen of the top etymologists and medical doctors. The rally is slated for Sunday, January 23rd. So if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, you know, you're going to partake in that rally. Just, you know, try to keep peaceful. You don't need things getting out of hand any more than they do. I mean, it sounds like a lot of officials are going to be there so i don't really see it going going left or anything uh so just stay safe and uh go support your doctors and stuff if you you know i can't tell you what to do but you know if you want to go uh, you know whatever anyway uh that's all we have this week Thank you for listening in on today's episode. Be sure to check out previous episodes to stay up to date and follow us on Twitter at capital S, lowercase c-m-b-a-g, capital M. Any and all profits, including sponsor revenue and viewer-donated revenue, will be donated to the Serious Fund Network for Disabled Kids. If you do decide to donate to us, you know where your money is going. So until the next time, America, I've been your host, JWR. And remember, stay informed, stay involved, keep America first. <laughs>